you know, candles, small flames, you know, like this, have been used in worship for a very, very, very long time. Ancient Christians used candles in their worship, uh, and even before Christ, in the temple, uh, candles were used to worship the living God, small lamps. In Exodus, in the tent they had, the, the temple that they had that was, was tr uh, transportable from place to place to place, they had this beautiful floral lamp with six branches. In Solomon's temple, there were ten lampstands, and the rebuilt temple had one, which eventually was replaced uh, with the branched uh, one that we're very familiar with, as some of our uh, Jewish relatives or friends used to celebrate Hanukkah. In the, in the New Testament, John's vision of Jesus in the book of Revelation, he sees Jesus as the one who walks among the seven lampstands, being seven churches. Candles have been used as symbols and as elements of worshiping the living God for a long, long time, and they create ambiance, and there's many different levels of meaning for their symbolism, but today... We're here to remember Christ as the light of God who has come into the world. I'm going to turn to John chapter 8. It'll be on the screen. In verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not come. Here in this passage, Jesus asserts his divinity, that he is not merely a man, but he is the very light of God that has come into the world, equal with the Father, God the Son. In the beginning of our Bibles in Genesis, there's a narrative of how the world was created. In the first three verses of Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Here we see God bringing order out of chaos, light out of darkness. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars. He made the lightning bug, pyoluminescent algae, that little dangly thing on the front of the angler fish. Right? God as creator fills all of creation with light, natural light, 
But man got to experience the light of God on a deeper level. But Adam and Eve in the garden, they got to walk with God. They had a relationship with him. They did not merely just experience the, the natural light that God created, but they got to experience relationship with him intimately. And yet in the garden, as many of us are familiar, man rebelled and fell into spiritual darkness. And I'm sure most of us in this room have had the experience of receiving extremely bad news on a beautiful day. Maybe a day where the, the sun is shining and there isn't a cloud in the sky. Maybe a day where it's, it's meant to be a holiday. It's meant to be a day of celebration. And yet, bad news steps into the picture and distorts everything. A couple that come to mind, you know, 9-11, the weather was extremely clear and beautiful here in the Northeast. And yet, it was an exceptionally dark day all across America. In Christmas 2016, it was a very dark time for my family in a time where you know, we should have been excited and joyous. My mom ended up in the ICU for four days, and we didn't think she was going to make it. I remember I'd come home from school break. Mom had gone into the hospital, and then Dad and I were just sitting at home. The Christmas tree was still up, and we just were trying to distract ourselves, and we watched, of all movies, The Goonies. I don't think I could ever watch that movie again. Uh, it's just a weird moment, right, to be watching this ridiculous movie. The Christmas decorations are up, and yet it was a very dark time for us, a horribly dark time for us. There is a darkness that the light of nature can't cure. There's a darkness that the bulbs on your Christmas tree can't cure, that the, the shining sun cannot cure. Jesus came to restore us to the light of God, being the light of God himself. As the ancient Nicene Creed calls Jesus, light of light, very God of very God. He offers forgiveness to rebels, a new path to walk, a new family, a new community. And he's making all things new. And as we talked about this morning, God is making a new city for his people drawing all nations to himself. Revelation 21, verse 23, it says, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. There in Revelation is a glimpse of this final city, and there is no CMP in this final city. Amen? Right? That, that God is the one in his glory that gives light to this final city. And yet, we are not there yet. We are not there yet in the world that is around us. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus said to his followers, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. For those of us who have received forgiveness and relationship with God through trust in Jesus, we have a light to share. Let's, let's turn the lights off for just a moment. 
So, I'm not sure about you guys, but I lost power earlier this week. We had a little bit of rain and wind. Yeah, anyone else notice that? And I have this rusty old hurricane lantern. And, you know, we're not supposed to even burn candles in our apartment, but I saw this as an exception. And, and so, I, you know, I took this little hurricane lantern, and it still works. It's a little bit sketchy, but it gets the job done. I think we have good fire insurance here anyways, so. Fire department's right across the road. We're good. Okay. Some of you are even in here, so we got firefighters right here in the room with us today. And so I took this little lamp. That's a dinky little lamp, but I hung it uh, from our ceiling, and it shed enough light, enough light to do a little bit of reading, uh, play a game of solitaire, which I hadn't done that in ages, but there was no Wi-Fi. Right? And, and that's what you do with a light. You know, we're not really used to this concept because we just flick switches and there are lights, you know, in every nook and cranny. But when you're limited in your light source, you want to put it in the highest point possible. Right? So it sheds light all over the room. Now, we, we don't tend to have a lot of baskets around, but five-gallon buckets, right? that's the, that's the hollowest basket. If you do that to your lamp, it isn't really of much use. But if it, you put it somewhere high, it sheds light to the whole room. And, and that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. He's Jesus, being the very light of God, welcomed a group of people to have relationship with him, to get to know him, to become his disciples. And then he sends them out to share that light with others. He says, you have something wonderful. That's not something to hide. That is something to lift high so that others may see it, that others may experience it. In a moment, I'm going to take this candle, the Christ candle, and I'm going to go down and I'm going to light a few candles as I work my way across the room. And then each of you, in turn, will then turn to the person next to you and share the light that you have been given with the person next to you. And this is not just a kind of aesthetic thing we do here. It is deeply symbolic. Because for those of us in the room who are Christians, that is our responsibility. We have been given the light of Christ. We have been given relationship with our Creator. And that is a gift that is to be shared, not just held to ourselves. Before I do that, I would just like to read this ancient Christian hymn as a prayer for us. Christ, thou hast risen from the virgin, spiritual son of righteousness, and the star hath shown us thee, the uncontained, whom yet a cave contains as it led the Magi to adore thee, with whom we too laud thy name, giver of life, to thee be praise. Amen.